This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. And we start out our conversation today with a gentleman who was mayor of the city of Philadelphia from 2008 to 2016. He has seen firsthand many of these issues dealing with inequality. He also just happens to be a Wharton School graduate. Michael Nutter joining us right now. Mr. Mayor, are you there, sir? I can't go anywhere else. I'm here. (laughs) Yes, exactly, as we all are. Great to have you with us, sir. Thank you very much for your time. And I guess let's start out with your feelings about what you've seen play out in Philadelphia and obviously in cities around the country over the last 10 days or so. Um, This has been um, some of the most painful, uh, I mean, just as a citizen. um, I mean, I haven't felt this level of uh, anxiety, anguish, pain, uh, probably since 9-11. Um, but it's it's even more intense because it's Philadelphia. And as so many of us saw, the I mean, there were buildings on fire, the damage to, you know, stores, Chester Street Market, uh, Chester Street, Walnut Street in particular, shopping centers, uh, center near my house, uh, uh, in the Parkside section, uh, the community fought to have that center uh, for over 20 years. Uh, and now uh, seniors and, and many others have nowhere to shop, to get food. We're, we're still in the midst of this pandemic, um, and this happens all across the city. Um, you know, having said that, uh, I mean, look, black men are dying um, at the hands at times of police. Uh, and at the other times at the hands of citizens. Um, this has happened so many, many times that it's generated a level of frustration and anger uh, and fear and for some even maybe hopelessness of that. Uh, certainly the end result is uh, people lashing out and, and taking these kinds of actions. I understand where that comes from, uh, but uh, still certainly I do not uh, in any way support uh Damage to people, damage to property, uh, the, the kind of uh, uh, violence uh, that we see. But um, unfortunately, uh, it also sometimes appears that America only listens uh, when uh, people really act out. Uh, and again, this comes from a place where. Folks have been saying these things and talking about these things and asking for action and asking for white America to stop oppressing uh, black people and other people of color to literally lift their knees and feet off of our necks. Stop it. Uh, And so uh, today, all across the country, uh, corporate community, philanthropic community, Nonprofit community, cities, police departments uh, are making, um, you know, that I can see some of the most uh, astounding and outstanding uh, statements of solidarity uh, with uh, George Floyd's family and what happened in that instance. That people's stomachs have been turned, they're sickened uh, by what they've seen. And so now the question is what actions will be taken? All of this. Uh, is happening in the midst of, you know, what are we on, day 82, 83, depending on your calendar, that we've been, you know, at least in Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, 
uh, other parts of the country, literally locked in our houses. Suddenly, uh, out of nowhere, uh, 40-plus million people have filed for unemployment. The unemployment rate is, I mean, this is the Wharton show, so I'm sure you have better numbers than I do, but, you know, 14, 15, 18 percent, whatever the official number is, I can assure you in parts of West Philadelphia, South Philadelphia, North Philadelphia, and other parts of the city, that number is is double, if not triple, especially yeah. for uh, black people, Latino people, people of color, uh, black men in particular. And so we're at an inflection point, we're at a boiling point, we're at a tipping point. Whichever point you want to be at, that's where we are. Let me ask all you, of this. Let me ask you, people are because, tired. Yeah. And they're just pissed off. Uh, and so, unfortunately, uh, some of these things have happened. But we've seen peace, uh, peaceful, more, even more peaceful, because there's always been some uh, peaceful protests uh, uh, over the last uh, a few days. Uh, and I think increasingly so, um, you know, in response to some very positive uh, reactions uh, by any number of people across uh, the United States of America. But it, it has been so hard for me. Uh, but this is not about me. It's been so hard for a lot of people uh, seeing this uh, activity in the city of brotherly love and sisterly affection, the place that we call home and love so much. Let me ask you, with with, with your time in office, and, and since we're talking about inequality, how much of a concern was that when you were running the city of Philadelphia and thinking about that as a component uh, of how this city was trying to develop? Uh, it was certainly a big concern. I mean, you know, if you look at my uh, tenure, I mean, I'd be, I wouldn't be the person, I guess, to, you know, pick your lottery tickets for tonight. Um, you know, I, I ran uh, on a platform of reform, things, you know, uh, fortunate to win. Things are going along, and then suddenly, you know, we end up in, at the time, uh, the worst recession since the Great Depression, uh, eight months into my tenure. So, you know, um, you know that was, uh, we didn't see that one coming. No one saw it coming. And so we spent my first three years, at least, the bulk of the first term, just trying to not run out of money. We raised people's taxes like yeah. three or four years in a row, like yeah. probably four years, almost four years in a row, right through the 2011 election. I mean, yeah. I was asking city council members to vote for a tax increase while they were running uh, for office. And, you know, of course, I was running at the same time. We cut people's services. Uh, we did our best not to lay people off because uh, I didn't think that people should lose their jobs. Uh, 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 in the midst of a recession that they had nothing to do with. Um, and, you know, I think we did some positive things. We clearly made some mistakes, uh, you know, and I've talked about that in the past. Um, but I all, I've always known that, first, unfortunately, Philadelphia has the highest poverty rate of the 10 largest cities in the United States of America. Yeah. And we have consistently uh, had that high rate for a long period of time. Uh, it's now, I think, 24 point. Well, actually, I, I don't know what it is now in a, in a COVID environment, but tail end of last year, I believe the number was uh, 24.7%. Uh, um, it's been over 20% for 40 years. So our poverty in Philadelphia is deep, it is entrenched, it is intergenerational uh, and long-lasting. Into what? my second term, we yep. did uh, develop uh, what we call now Shared Prosperity Philadelphia, which was our plan uh, to reduce poverty. 
And I, one of, you know, I try to hold myself to some pretty high standards. And I think one of, one of our failings, if you will, or deficiencies was not working on this issue earlier in my tenure, uh, consolidating the various agencies, getting a, a better grasp on uh, where money was coming from, what it was for, and uh, making a better use of those dollars. But like I said, at the same time, you know, we're literally trying to make sure we can provide basic services and we're doing a whole bunch of other things. So that came out in the second term, uh, Share Prosperity in Philadelphia, and I think it has been helpful. Uh, and then we run into a pandemic. And the government actually made people close their businesses. Yeah. And that's been the big difference here. In 2008, 2009, in that recession, right, we didn't close. We, the government, we didn't close businesses. Some closed on their own because of, you know, financial distress and the bank, et cetera, et cetera. Everybody knows that story. In this case, if you were in a supermarket, a pharmacy, or, you know, a, a few other businesses, everyone had to be closed. We yeah. immediately put people essentially out of work. And then the federal government came in with their program, et cetera, et cetera. But, I mean, all of these businesses... Many of them have been closed for now almost three months, which will be devastating on the budgets of city, uh, county, and state government. Well, and and, and Mr. Mayor, let me let me impact of this yet. And let me let me add to that because you bring up a good point. Because you know, here I am, somebody that. Oh, and by the way, yes, sir. Hundred thousand people have died. Yeah. Again, a huge difference. You know, I mean, in 08, 09, 10, 11, however, you, you know, however long the recession went on, I mean, we didn't close all the businesses, and we didn't have massive numbers of people dying. Yeah. Yeah, it, there's, there's staggering numbers uh, up and down uh, across the board. And, and let me go back, since, you know, we are affiliated with Wharton, to the business side of this with with the with the, the mm-hmm. business of running a city is that the the revenues and the, and the streams of revenue obviously are already tight to begin with with Philadelphia and many Absolutely. other cities ar- around the country then you throw in this pandemic where there is going to be a loss of, of tax revenue from businesses you know up and down across the board that is just going to even exacerbate the inequality issue when you throw in the fact that of all those job losses you know, how, what's the percentage that are not going to come back altogether? Exactly. Well, a couple of things. First of all, you know, I've been away from it for a while, but I think my I, I think my numbers are still right. So, first, we're still in fiscal year twenty. I am sure this city and all the other cities spent money during FY twenty that was not budgeted for a pandemic. Yeah. Right? That wasn't, right? Nobody saw that. Nobody knew that was coming, right? So you've already spent money that you didn't have. That's one. People stopped paying uh, uh, taxes in in some way, shape, or form, or couldn't pay because their businesses have been closed. Yep. For all of, uh, or most of, uh, part of the first quarter of the year and almost all of the second quarter of the year. That affects the city's operations as well as the school district because 55% of the real estate tax goes to public education, which were also closed. Then you have people either out of work, file unemployment, maybe they get it, maybe they don't, stimulus program, one-time check, $1,200. I'm sure people appreciate it, but, you know, $1,200 one time is not going to change your life. Sure. Right? And 
you're going to, con- as a government, you're going to continue to spend. Of course, now the city has had to put out a second budget, which, you know, is going through the process now. And this will have ripple effect into FY21 and possibly beyond. What does that mean then for federal government took a pause? Right. I mean, they did the Paycheck Protection Program. They did CARES. They did a couple other things. And then suddenly said, oh, we need to wait to see the impact of all the things that they've done before we get into a conversation about funding cities and states. What do you mean, wait to see the impact? What did you think the impact was going to be? It's devastating. That's a failure on the federal government's part. There's no question about it. And, I mean, they really need to um, – and they're just playing politics. Um, because, you know, many of the big and medium-sized cities are run by Democrats, and they're often in red states and all that. Right? This is just bad politics all the way around, and people are being hurt. Right? When you get unemployed, it doesn't matter what your political party is. When you need to pay your mortgage, pay your rent, pay your car note, help pay for your kids' education, whatever the case may be, that's not a Democrat or Republican thing. Americans are hurting. It is an abdication of responsibility by the Congress and the president, uh, current occupant of the White House, to not provide immediate support for city and state governments on the ground. It has made me wonder, which, which Mr. Mayor, it has made me wonder whether or not this is this is truly an all-hands-on-deck situation when you think about the severity that, that we are seeing right now. And as you allude to, this is something that's obviously going to carry into the next fiscal year, and many people believe it may very well carry into the year after that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So this is not a short-term thing. This is not, I mean, this is not filling a pothole. It's not picking up a bag of trash. It's not a temporary blip on the screen. This ripple effect of the economic and health crises that we're in right now will last for some time, and the residue or remnants of it will last for some uh, a significant amount of time. For budgets that were already stretched, as you uh, referred to, I mean, in many instances, people and governments were still in recovery from the, you know, 2008 to 2012 uh, uh, recession, yeah, and we're just starting to see a resurgence, and then all of a sudden, literally get hit uh, with 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 a with an anvil uh, crash down in a head out of nowhere, and you know, so one day you know you're out at a restaurant or you know you're in your office or whatever, and then literally the next day, the word comes down, stay home. Yeah, it's it's a staggering problem and and one that's going to take us uh, quite a while to to parse out. Mr. Mayor, thank you very much for your time. Greatly appreciate it. Always great to have a uh, Wharton School grad uh, lending his uh, his expertise on this. Thank you, sir. Well, I got a great education. Thank you. Yeah. Former Mayor uh, of Philadelphia Michael Nutter joining us here uh, on our special. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.